Hello, Laker fans. Welcome to the Late Late Show podcast. This is episode three. I am your host, Matt, from Lakers Fan Club UK. Uh, today, I'm joined by a very special guest. He's a senior editor and writer at Clutch Points. He's a Lakers and NFL beat writer, a credentialed Lakers reporter, Mr. Ryan Ward. How are you, Ryan? Good, mate. How are you doing? <laughs> I really appreciate you coming on, mate. I really appreciate you coming on. Um, you uh, you took a bit of time out when we asked you a few questions um, back in May to feature on on our website. So, you know, I really do appreciate the time that you uh, take out for us. Oh, no problem, man. My pleasure. Um, we'll just dive straight into it, really. Um, your UK upbringing, it is something that is on your Twitter bio. It says that you are UK born. Uh, whereabouts in the UK were you born and when did you move over to the US? It was actually in Northern Ireland when uh, both my parents were in the British Army and they were stationed there at the time I was hatched. Um, so it, <laughs> they teased me about being Irish, but uh, my, whole, my whole family's English. We're all from Liverpool. Um, both sides, dad and mom. Uh, but yeah, I, I moved over here, I think when I was five. I think we did some moving around in the army. Like I think we lived in Germany for a little bit and then, and then moved back to England and then had my sister uh, and then moved to America when, when my grandparents moved here uh, from Liverpool. Uh, and I've been here ever since. Wow, and um, that, that's that's a that's a cool story. Um, and you are a Liverpool football fan as well, are you? Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah. Good times, good times. Right now. <laughs> so after a, a huge Champions League win last season, are you hoping to lift the Premier League trophy this year? Or <laughs> we better, we better, because <laughs> we came a little short last year, too short to friggin' Man City. Um, and it looks like last I checked, Man City's kind of struggling in comparison to last year, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think I'm, I haven't got it exactly, but I think Liverpool might be like six or eight points clear already. Um, I definitely love think, it. Love you know, it. If, if there's a year to win it, it's definitely this year. But um, oh, if you know, we at the don't, it's going to be terrible. And it, it is Liverpool that we're talking about. So if anyone's going to mess it up, it's Liverpool. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> and I'm just I'm just glad we I'm just glad we got the Champions League title. I mean, if we don't get the league title, yeah, whatever. But I mean, that'd be icing on the cake. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, we'll um, we'll get into basketball talk before we uh, spark a riot with the uh, with the listeners. Um, <laughs> I uh, I believe that you've been credentialed by the Lakers since 2011. Our listeners would love to gain an insight into the life of a credential reporter. Um, could you tell us what the routine is of Ryan Ward on a typical game day from like waking up, preparing to the game, going to Staples during the game after? Could you provide a bit of an insight for us? Yeah. Well, I get there probably about two, two and a half to three hours before tip-off and then uh, kind of get my cubby in the back of the Chickern press room get set up and then, you know, kind of monitoring Twitter and, and what stories are going on at the time. And then uh, usually the coach talks an hour and a half before the game, kind of talks about like starting lineup, any changes, injuries, blah, 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 all that stuff. Or, you know, and, and it's usually the time that uh, we get to address any kind of thing that might be going on in the NBA. Like right now with all the China and Hong Kong stuff, like uh, that would be, kind of where people would jump at, jump at the coach. Um, and then I usually, from from then on, I'll, if, if there's a story, you know, we've got to jump on, then I'll go back and I'll start writing. But if not, I'll go start taking pictures and video of, like, the guys shooting around on the court, which actually is kind of really cool and peaceful at the time because the stands are empty. And it's just the players and the coaches and other reporters on the, on the floor and photographers. Um, so we get to sit in like the courtside seats and just watch them shooting around. And, um, I kind of like that, you know, it's kind of like, a it's like wa water cooler talking in office. You know, you get to talk to all the guys that kind of like your colleagues and stuff. And 
while just watching the guys shoot around. Um, and then after that, I go back and usually people eat. I never really eat there because the food kind of sucks. <laughs> to be honest, I used to think it. I used to think it was good at first, and then I was like, eh, eh not so much. Not so much. <laughs> but they got a bitchin' like ice cream machine, <laughs> so every everybody goes and gets ice cream before the game. Uh, so which is really cool, and they just put in this slushy like coffee machine last year and everybody's all about that now too so i like have one of each before a game which as you can tell i'm I'm a total health nut um and then uh usually i'll go up to my seat uh, wherever they put me and uh i'll start setting up the computer and make sure tweet decks up and uh start taking notes or trying to figure out what angle I want to watch or what I want to, <clears throat> what I want to cover, you know, um, and then start watching the game and then take notes and tweet during the game. And then after the game, usually I just kind of just wait until uh, the crowd dies down a little bit. And then I'll go in the back and I'll drop off my computer. I'll pick up like uh, a camera if I'm bringing a camera or uh, a microphone or, or whatever I, I want to use that night. Um, and then you head over to the locker room right next to the locker room is this kind of tiny, like press room and the coach talks for depends on the coach. <laughs> Cause Luke Walton is really long winded, winded. So he it's like five minute answers to questions. So we'd be in there for like 20 minutes. Um, I don't know how Vogel is yet. So that'll be interesting. But then after he talks, we go into the locker room, which is right next door. And then scrums start happening. Usually LeBron is ready to talk fairly quickly. Um, And there's a huge scrum for him, which sucks. Because if you don't get there in the front, you can't see him. And he usually doesn't stand up. So you're like, you know, trying to reach over to just to get a look at his lips, see if you read his lips or, you know, get any kind of audio out of it. Um, And then you go from scrum to scrum, like Kuzma, now it'll be Anthony Davis. I'm not. I'm not sure where Anthony Davis's locker is. I'm hoping it's nowhere near LeBron's, so that'll make it a lot easier for us. Um, and then you, you know, you go from one to another to another, and then whatever you feel like you've got enough or what you want, go back and and you start writing. And I write for, let's say maybe anywhere from an hour to hour and a half, two hours, depending on what it is. Um, depending if there's multiple stories we got to get out. And then they usually come in the back, like the, the PR staff, like their interns will transcribe certain interviews that happen. Um, and they'll give us quotes and I'll, I'll tweet out those quotes or I'll use those quotes in the, some of the stories. And then uh, I'd say around, I don't know what, midnight, um, pack up and, and head out and then eat a very unhealthy meal and crash <laughs> and then and knock out yeah that sounds um that sounds crazy i mean especially from like me and the listeners from like the outside looking in like you know it does sound like one hell of an experience and to call that your work must be quite you know do you ever have the moments where you have to sit back and kind of pinch yourself or or, or is it just kind of like a general job now where you're kind of like, ah, oh, man, I can't wait to get out of here tonight. You know what? Or, or does it kind of have its good and bad days? What, what is it like, you know? I think it's a bit of both. I mean, you get both. Um, like, okay, for instance, Kobe's last game. Um, that was the best sporting event I've ever seen and ever covered. It was exciting from the moment that I got up to the minute I went to bed, which was at like two in the morning. Yeah. Um, and it was just crazy. And I kept thinking, I remember I was, I think I was up top in the press box. Uh, cause they usually put people up there when there's so much media that they have to find seats for people. And there's a, the general rule of, of reporting games live is you don't cheer you, you don't, you know, root, you don't, 
do any of that. Basically, you hear a pin drop outside of conversations that you have with other reporters, right? Um, but that game was completely different. Everyone was cheering. Everyone was tripping out because I went into that game thinking, you know, it'd be perfect if Kobe just scored 30, right? 35 tops. 40 would be amazing, right? And from the way we saw him play that season, we're like, I don't even know if he's got anything left. You know, he just looked exhausted all the time. Um, and then just every milestone was crazy. Like he hit 30 and we're all like, wow, that's awesome. Like if he ends it here, if he, if he you know, gets, goes to the bench, cool, done, great. Uh, 35, he hits. 40, he hits. And we're just tripping out. We're just like, what the hell are we witnessing right now? Like we're witnessing history, right? 45, 50. We're like, holy shit. And then people start talking about, you know, uh, Shaq challenging him to reach a certain number. I can't remember what it was. I can't remember if it was Yeah, 40. I think it was, Might yeah, prior to the game, you, you kind of like joked around saying like, oh, you know, man, if he, if he gets 40, yeah, go and drop 40. Drop yeah, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> yeah. So people started thinking about that. And like, oh, well, Shaq motivated him to, you know, to do this. And then he just kept going and going. All it was every time down the floor was like screen after screen after screen just to get Kobe even a little bit open. And obviously, like Kobe was his whole career, he was never shy about shooting. So he just kept shooting. And then uh, the pure exhaustion on his face was just like, wow, he is literally leaving it all out there. Right? Yeah, yeah. And then the – you know, after they win and he ends up with 60 and we're just like, just, I was just blown away and everybody's just, it's like, we're all, we were all like little kids again. All the reporters were like little kids again. We were just giddy. Like it was just like, okay. Especially after such a shitty season, I can't remember what the, the, the record was. I think they only won like 16 games. Um, yeah. Um, I haven't got it exactly, but yeah, it was, um, it was definitely <clears throat> down there. It was rough. Yeah. Um, so we go down. We covered his press conference in this big room. I remember that's when I met Woj for the first time. I was walking to the presser and I was walking with a buddy of mine, Bob Garcia. Um, and we're talking about the game. And I look over and I was like, oh my God, that's Woj right there. I'm like, hey, how you doing, man? He's like, oh, cool. He's like, can you believe, can you believe that? And I was like, no. I was like, and I was like, when's the last time you saw something like that? And he said something like, Derek Jeter uh, and, and something he did in his final season or whatever. Um, but he was cool. It's just the way everybody was, it was just different, you know? And that was a kind of like pinch me moment. Like, wow, I'm, I'm here. I'm witnessing this behind the scenes. Like, it was the first time I had witnessed something really special happen. You yeah. Know? Um, and that's when you're like, this is a cool job. This is kind of, this is pretty bitching. <laughs> but then there's other days, other days where they get blown out by 30 and you're like, oh man, what the hell am I going to write about? What am I going to talk about? What am I going to tweet about? I just want to get home. I'm tired. And then you're thinking about practice the next morning. It's, that's when it sucks. But I mean, I haven't really been able to cover a winning team in a long time. So um, I'm looking forward to what to what's coming up this year. Yeah, no, exactly. And we'll get into that a little bit later. I just quickly looked, actually. It was that season that Kobe retired. They uh, they won 17. 17 and 65 was the record. And that was a franchise low, um, yeah. I believe. Um, so, yeah, um, I remember watching that game, just quickly jumping on that topic. Um, it was like the early hours here. It must have been about 5, 5.30 in the morning. And uh -huh. uh, I was just like, normally you're a bit half asleep watching the games at that time. And, you know, even if it is like a meaningful game, you're kind of a bit on and off. Um, yeah. But I remember that one, Matt, I was just absolutely pumped. And after the game, I just couldn't go back to sleep. I think by the time I could get back to sleep, it was during my student days. So I had like um, a job where you know, I didn't have to be up at nine o'clock in the morning. It was like, you know, one one o'clock, three o'clock, five o'clock in the afternoon, like start, you know, starting your shift. Yeah. So uh, it wasn't too bad. I think by the time uh -huh. I went back to sleep, it was about 
seven, eight o'clock in the morning or something ridiculous. Um, but yeah, no, it's absolutely <laughs> incredible. And, you know, compared to, you know, you covering the Lakers, you, you're, you've been credentialed since 2011. That was around shortly before yeah. then was when I started, first started following the team. Because obviously being from the UK, I haven't really been brought up with it, so to speak. It's kind of just developed on my own accord. I've kind of just branched out to basketball as opposed to, you know, your generic football slash soccer, um, which is, you know, the, the dominant sport over here. So, um, by the way, did you see that England just lost to Czech Republic? Yeah, man, I just seen that. It just popped up on uh, ESPN here. And what the uh, hell is, what's going yeah, on? <laughs> they can they conceded an eighty fifth minute um, goal to suffer a two one hmm. defeat to the Czech Republic. Do they have like? <laughs> do they have all their guys like Harry Kane and? Yeah, Sterling? yeah. Harry, Harry Kane was playing. Sterling was playing. Sancho was playing as well. Who's obviously a main player now. Yeah, they had um I'm not sure if it was full full strength, but you know, I'm not sure what full strength is now with England, but yeah, there's a lot of a lot of the main players were there. Yeah, that's a bummer. But um yeah, yeah. But um in terms of, of, of the job, um well one more thing I want to ask you about that before we start getting into preseason talk is that you have conducted numerous exclusive interviews with professional athletes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people involved with the game. I'm yeah. sure that you're proud of each one, but which one does sit at the top of the pile for you? Is there one that, that does stand out? Or? Well, it was a trip to uh, to interview Kareem. That was, that was a trip. Wow. It wasn't exactly, like, exciting <laughs> because Kareem's not an exciting kind of energetic guy, but it was being like right. – it was a trip to being like, oh, my God, this guy is – the all-time leading scorer, Lakers legend, right? In the conversation mm-hmm. for the GOAT, right? And uh, so that was a trip. But I would say Byron Scott is up there because that was just a fun conversation. Um, yeah. And it, and I was so used – because I covered Byron while he was coaching the Lakers, and he was so, like, like kind of stern and withdrawn and, like, tough exterior, like – somewhat intimidating like you didn't want to ask certain questions or whatever and that conversation was completely different than what i expected and and really uh entertaining and fun and then there was uh ice cube which was just cool right i mean i interviewed ice cube i was bragging (laughs) i was bragging about that to my friends like like yeah i just talked to ice cube yes yeah yeah just standard yeah you know um and then Julius Irving was really cool. Uh, I talked to him. His people told me that I only I could only get ten minutes, and I'm like, "Damn it!" And it's like you know, you usually want at least fifteen, twenty, because then you can get everything that you've set up and prepared for. And I always try and over prepare because <laughs> I interviewed Eli Manning and Archie Manning. My very first interview over the phone with like a prominent player. I interviewed those guys at the same time over the phone and it lasted four and a half minutes because I ran out of questions. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, I was so pissed at myself after I like, I stopped the recording and I was like four minutes and 30 seconds. Are you serious? <laughs> like, Oh my God. I just totally missed an opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. You're totally after blue, that, yeah. yeah <laughs> like after that, I'm like, I have to have more questions than I think I can ask. And I was like that with Julius. And uh, uh, we just kept going. And we kept going and going and going. And it like sprung into these little, you know, different conversations, different tangents. And I talked to him for like 35 minutes when I was only allowed to have like 10. And it was awesome. It was so cool. He was such a nice guy. Um, Such an interesting kind of story with everything we're putting together. Uh, so that that that's up there. That's definitely up there. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's uh that's cool, and I bet it is one of them things where you kind of pinch yourself from time to time, especially when you're in the same room and you know speaking to people like Kareem, and um, you know especially the impact that he had on the uh, 
on the Lakers franchise and as a game as a whole, you know, one of the all-time greats, you know, definitely you must be sat there pinching yourself from time to time. And especially people like Ice Cube, it's just it's just cool perks to the job, isn't it, by by the sounds of it. Yeah. What do you, do you ever get a bit starstruck or is there an element of trying to maintain professionalism? Like, you know, how does that stand? Oh, I, I did. In the beginning, I did. I mean, uh, especially with Kobe, when I first started covering the team, uh, <laughs> I really struggled asking questions with him because he's so such an intimidating figure because he's so smart, he's so sharp. And if you ask a stupid question, he's going to call you out in front of, in front of everyone. So I always held back with him, and uh, there was only one time where I felt truly confident in asking him something um, that I thought he would be in, embrace, uh, and it was during his last season. And I asked him, "Did he did he think that anyone would ever surpass or or even match eighty one points in a game?" And uh, I was so <laughs> nervous asking it. I was like, oh, please don't throw this back at me like I'm an idiot, please. <laughs> and, and then he just – he answered it, great answer, saying he thinks it's possible and, and uh, you have to believe that things are like that are possible. And, and it was a great quote. And then one guy I used to work with at Lakers Nation, he was a camera guy for him. He caught the whole conversation and I got that. So I keep that as kind of like a cool like achievement, you know, like I – I got over that, that, that nervousness and was able to ask that in that environment, you know, cause I knew the clock was ticking. I was like, if I don't ask him something and he retires, I'm going to regret it for the rest of my life. Um, so that was kind of cool. I, I always remember that. Yeah, no, no, that's, that's so cool to hear that. And, you know, we really do appreciate you, you know, sharing that insight, um, especially from the outside looking in, um, you know, crazy stories, but, we will move on and we'll get into preseason. We the Lakers played their second preseason game on Thursday against the Brooklyn Nets in Shanghai, China. They lost one hundred and fourteen to eleven right, right at the uh, right at the end. There's a lot of controversy in the lead up between the Chinese government and the NBA following Houston Rockets uh, general manager Daryl Morey's tweet supporting protesters in Hong Kong. We're not going to get into the politics of it. Mm-hmm you know, here. Um, but at times it was questionable whether the game was going to go ahead. You know, the ramifications of Maury's tweet was quite clear to see and the tension that it caused. But anyway, the game yeah, did I, go I ahead. Oh, sorry, what was that? I said I, I didn't think the games were going to get played. Yeah, I honestly thought they were going to cancel both of them and they were just going to come back. Definitely. I mean, it was played in the end and I looked at the attendance and there was 15,000 fans there. So, you know, a very good turnout. Um you know, I think there were a few empty seats I could see, so I'm not sure if that's actually 100% legit figure. It might be the amount of tickets sold or whatever, but, you know, it, yeah, did, we'll, it did look relatively. We'll never know. Yeah. <laughs> we'll never know. <laughs> exactly. But um, the game for us in um, Europe and, and the UK was um, very time-friendly for once. Uh, I'm currently based in Paris, and it was 1.30 p.m. here. I know for the guys in the UK it was 12.30 p.m., it was deep into the early hours for you folk in, in the States. So you kind of got, a, you know, a taste of the medicine that, you know, we, um, you'd have to deal with uh, all season. Yeah. Um, did you, <laughs> did you watch the game and, uh, you know, what were your thoughts on it? I didn't watch the game. I just watched the highlights. Okay. Um, I was not getting up at four thirty for a preseason game. <laughs> I just wasn't doing it. I had something else I was doing at the time can't remember what the hell it was but I was like I have to be fresh for this day I think it was interviewing Derek Fisher I was interviewing Derek Fisher the next day and I'm like no <laughs> as, I'm not I'm not doing this yeah as you do you know in, in um, interviewing Derek Fisher just yeah that's that's normal <laughs> yeah but uh I uh like like we were talking earlier before the, the pod um preseason games it's so hard to tell what's really going on. You know, you don't know how much effort the guys are putting in. Um, it's it's kind of hard to, it's a hard judge of how good they're going to be and all this stuff. But that first game, I would say 
I was really impressed. I was like, oh my God, these guys could actually be really good this year. And like I told you before, like I, I'm being cautiously, cautiously optimistic because of what happened last season and all the years prior, you know. Um, but uh, I think I think this team will be all right. Yeah. Well, we'll um, in terms of season expectations, that's uh, we'll get into that a little bit later. But in terms of, um, I, I watched the game live, obviously with it being. You know, very uh, time-friendly tip-off here. Um, I kind of embraced it. Planned my day around it, actually. I'm not sure if that's a good thing or, or sad, but um, yeah, it was I uh, really enjoyed <laughs> it. Um, but I, you know, a few thoughts that I've I've got on it. Um, the starting lineup of Rondo, KCP, LeBron, AD and Howard, um, don't think it really worked. I don't think it's something that will go into the season. I think it's just Vogel tinkering, but it just looked out of sort, really especially defensively, you know, straight away that three-point line defensively is a problem. And with that lineup, it was. Um, I think that Green has to be in that starting unit. And um, I also think that McGee and AD look interesting. There's plenty of height and defensive presence there in the paint. Um, So, I mean, on a previous pod, I, I did allude to, you know, Green, LeBron, AD, McGee being the starting unit. And then the point guard can kind of just shift as and when um i'm not really too fussed who who fills that but definitely defending that three-point line beyond the arc is is an issue it's quite clear to see the nets were 20 from 41 from three that's 48.8 percent even though golden state didn't do too well from three in the first preseason game they had a lot of open looks and even though they didn't drain them you know other teams when we get into the regular season will do, you know, that they'll convert when they get the opportunity like the Nets did, you know, in, in the paint, we looked good, but mm-hmm. you know, the concerns are definitely there beyond the arc. What, what are your thoughts on that? Well, if that's the case, um, they're in trouble, you know, but the thing is what I liked about this, this team and them putting it together. I mean, some people think it's a weird combination of players, but I liked the fact that they addressed shooting, right, with Troy Daniels, uh, Quinn Cook. Um, the, the guard play, I, I don't think it's going to be as much of a concern. I mean, mm-hmm. and Avery Bradley got a lot of praise during training camp. Like, he really impressed a lot of people. And if, if that turns out to be – I know it hasn't been the case during the preseason so far, but if that does turn out to be the case and you can throw him – at the best perimeter guys, um, that's really going to help in terms of guarding the three and and just defensively in itself. Uh, I think their their backcourt defenders have, have really been sorely lacking over the last few years, um, and that's obviously a cause for all the the draining the threes. But uh, they're going to be intimidating in the paint, that's for sure. Uh, like you said with the AD and, and McGee, uh, that's going to be a ruthless combination and if Dwight can be anything like what he used to be defensively that's just another plus you know it's a you know you can interchange him and, and McGee uh giving AD some rest at times so but it, it, that's definitely something to keep an eye on in terms of perimeter defense if, if that becomes a problem that's a big problem in a league dominated by the three-point shot now Hey guys, I'm just going to let you know how you can save money with Fanatics UK and the NBA Star Europe. Lakers Fan Club UK are proud affiliate partners of both websites, where you can enter the promo code LakersUK10 at checkout to receive 10% off your order. This is not restricted to Lakers gear only. The promo code works site-wide for both. On the Fanatics UK site, they have a wide range of NBA, MLB, NFL, NHL, and soccer slash football merchandise. NBA Star Europe hosts a wide selection of official NBA gear. One thing that you have to do though to activate the discount is to access each website through the links provided on the Lakers Fan Club UK website. This is www.lakersfanclubuk.com forward slash partners. So that's www.lakersfanclubuk.com 
lakersfanclubuk.com forward slash partners. So if you enter the Fanatics UK and or the NBA Star Europe website through the links provided on the Lakers Fan Club UK website and enter the promotional code LakersUK10 at checkout, you will get a 10% discount. That's LakersUK10, all one word in capitals, and that will enable the discount. Promotional code can be used more than once. So do store it and it will save you money when you purchase through Fanatics UK and the official NBA store, Europe. Yeah, no, definitely. I, th- I think on paper, um, we have got good primitive defenders. Like we've got Danny Green, Avery Bradley, you know, Colwell Pope, who can do a job, Caruso, who can do a job. LeBron, despite his criticism last year, you know, which... I personally believe was deserved is a good man on man defender. You know what I mean? I like, well, when he's engaged, when he actually wants to play and play hard, I mean, he could be as good as anybody defensively, but it's yeah. just a matter matter of where his head's at. And, exactly. Uh, and then we've got Kuzma to return as well. Mm-hmm. And um, that's true. That, you know, it could work well in that regard. You know, he looked much improved defensively in the exhibition games for Team USA. I mean, it was a small sample size, but, you know, that along with his, you know, three-point shot offensively did look impressive. So I think he's going to, you know, add a bit of a different dynamic when he comes back. And another person that isn't really getting talked about at all is that Jared Dudley's still to feature. You know, we know that he's a dog on defense as well. Yeah, um... With Kuzma, especially, I, the one thing I like about him more than anything is his, his hunger to get better. I mean, that guy just strives to improve yeah. across the board. And I think the thing with NBA players today that always pisses me off is they don't ever really put much effort in on defense. They don't, they don't put the effort in to try and learn it, try and learn to get better at it. Um, and it's, it's one thing from this era compared to, like, say, you know, Kobe's prime or MJ's prime. With it, They had people that are just awesome defenders, right? And they could do it on both ends of the floor. Yeah. You look at today's NBA, you probably couldn't put uh, great defenders on one hand, right? I mean, there's Kawhi, right? There's LeBron when he, when he wants to. <laughs> it's, like, optional, right? Yeah, like Rudy Gobert, I guess Embiid's got that ability at times. Uh, there's just yeah. there's just not that many anymore. They just don't care as much. So it, it's almost it's just like a it's a shootout. Every game's a shootout, you know. Yeah, I think um, I haven't got stats on it, but I think the average point scored by Team well, by teams in the NBA has spiked, hasn't it, in previous years? Oh, yeah. I'm not sure where I've seen it, but I think we're pretty much at an all-time high or near an all-time high. Last season we were anyway, so I think that is right. I think we're at the point now where it's very much just a shootout. I think teams aren't really... I'm not sure whether prioritising is the right word, but I think at times defence just go out the window and it's just not an offensive they, shootout, like you well, said. D- defence is all effort. It's all effort. Yeah. If you put effort in, you could be a good defender, even if you just know basics and just fundamentals, right? I mean, like when I was growing up, you couldn't do both. I mean, you couldn't be good at one thing without being good at the other, right? And now it's just – it's like even when you go and play pickup ball somewhere, you got kids shooting from almost half court. You know, it's become like this just all, – all people focus on nowadays is getting better at shooting, and that is it. Like if they can shoot a three, they think they can be in the NBA. You know, it's, it just it drives me nuts because I'm an old school guy. I like that kind of defense. I like the I'm mean, at the hand checking era. I mean, it's just so different now. It's so different now, and I just I don't think that people value defense as much as they used to. And that's why you get people like Kawhi that stand out. You know, and um, but then again, there is Anthony Davis did say. He wanted to be Defensive Player of the Year this year, right? And he was pushing yeah, he LeBron yeah, to be yeah. all defense first team, first, first team, I think. 
Yeah, he did. He challenged LeBron to it as well. Um, I think he said that he wants them both to step up. I, I hope that's just not something they're saying right now and then it just disappears, you know, the moment the season starts. But if they do stick to that, that, that would be amazing. I mean, if they could be the best defensive team in the NBA, they'd be huge. I mean, I think that would make them the favorite. The, in my mind, it would make them the favorite. I still think that they're, they may not be as good as the Clippers right now. Yeah, I think, I think if we can like consistently sit in the top 10, you know, I think like, you know, with the offensive prowess that we can have, you know, with LeBron, AD, self-explanatory, we don't really need to get into that. But then with the shooters that they've got around them, you know, if if Danny Green can stay as hot as he was last year, maybe not as hot, but, you know, still shoot that clip from three. And then you've got like... These guys, they just have to hit open jumpers. I mean, uh, LeBron and AD are going to dr- draw so much attention that these guys are literally going to be wide open all season long. So they just got to hit open jumpers. Yeah, and we've seen that in the preseason, haven't we? Like the amount of open shots that, you know, the perimeter guys are yeah, like getting. Danny Green's gotten a ton of them. Uh, Troy Troy Daniels getting a ton of them. We haven't seen much of Quinn Cook yet, but uh, no, he hasn't even featured. Open shots. Yeah, Quinn Cook hasn't featured yet. Yeah. yeah, and Rondo. And Rondo's shooting threes like all the time now. So... He, I, I, I think, I think um, those guys hitting, hitting threes and you know the the inside guys doing what they do. This team could be unstoppable I th- offensively. I think Rondo, you know, from an offensive standpoint, I think he's fifty percent from three in the first two games. I think. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I, th- I, I think you know, flipping it over to the offensive side of it, I think that. Rondo's game will be interesting, I think, this coming season. Because I think he looks a lot more comfortable in shooting that three rather than just players sitting off him. And then he used to like stagger a little bit, didn't he? Whether he was like, oh, shall I take it, shall I not? Now it's just a bit of, you know, he takes yeah. it in his stride. He's like, yeah, I will shoot this three and I will make it. Obviously, he doesn't all the time, but his stats have shown that he has improved as a three-point shooter. And I think he's going to get more looks, you know, this year. So, That'll be an interesting facet of his game, I think. Yeah. I think Vogel's pushing him to shoot more. Yeah. I think he's like, if you're open, just shoot it, man. And I I mean, that could be the best thing for Rondo. I don't know. There was a couple stretches last year where Rondo was like, (laughs) lights out from three, believe it or not. But what happens with him is he gets super hot, and then he gets super cold. Like, there was one game in particular where he set a, uh, a career high for makes and attempts, I think. And he, I think he attempted like 13 threes or something. Something crazy because they just kept leaving him wide open. And he was hitting the first, um, I think he hit like four or five in a row. And we're like, whoa. And then he just kept shooting them, but then he just started clanging them like, like crazy. Yeah. So I don't know. I, th- I think. I mean, he's got the opp- opportunity to be a great three-point shooter if he, if he takes it and he actually, you know, practice – Practices three. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, um, he had a good game. I've just quickly bought up the box score for the next game, and he got 18 points, five rebounds, six assists, you know, 53.8% field goal, 66.7% three point. The only problem with me is it's the other side of the ball that concerns me. You know, last year there was a severe lack of effort on defense. I know that there was across the whole team, but it looked like it contagious. Yeah, man, exactly. But you know, wasn't he one of the lowest players in plus minus or something in like the entire league or the lowest? I'm not sure. Yeah, so, um, I I wouldn't be shocked by it. To be honest with you, I I mean, I, honestly, those guys. I think once the, the Anthony Davis trade rumors hit an all time high. And it just seemed like something was going to happen one way or another. The effort just just went out the window for everybody. I mean, they they got pissed. It was clear in the locker room. There was tension. There was um, just a, a switch would had been flipped. Like, oh, half the team's expendable, and turns out that's exactly what it was, you know. And then half the, half the team got traded. I mean, who was left standing after that? It was it was Kuzma 
and LeBron were the only guys on under contract, I think, for for a minute there. And then they brought back, you know, KCP and Rondo and McGee. But uh, yeah, yeah, it kind of just ruined that season. LeBron's injury and the trade rumor ruined that season. Yeah, I think um, I saw an interview recently with AD, and it was like, oh, you know, when you got traded to the Lakers, what what did you think? And he was like. Oh, um, I really liked, you know, the roster that had been assembled and, you know, I was really excited to, you know, be part of the uh, franchise. And then someone paused and went, but when you, you know, when you were traded, you know, wasn't it LeBron, Coos and Troy Daniels, like on the team? And uh, and then, then he was like, yeah, yeah, but, you know, there was a, you know, a real, um, the, the unit that they had there was promising. And I was just like, what are you on about? There's no one there. <laughs> I think he just, it was just, it was like a PR answer, right? Like, it's what they're trained to answer. Like, uh, yeah, oh, yeah, great team, great teammates, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> but then somebody just caught him off guard. Like, he's like, oh, shit. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. Well, in preseason so far, um, you know, obviously it's been a small sample size of just two games. But who has stood out to you? You know, is, is there been a standout? Anthony Davis. Yeah, Anthony Davis. It's like a new man. I mean, he was always great before, but the way him and LeBron played it together, and they kind of like back each other up. And he's like, I was just, I was kind of blown away by it. To be honest, I I knew they'd be good, but I thought there'd be some kind of like a learning curve and kind of, you know, one's hesitant to to score, you know, or they both hesitant to, hesitant to score. They don't know who has the green light. You know what I mean? Just a lot of confusion and just basic two stars coming together and it not working instantly. And it did work instantly. And I was like, wow, this this is going to be fun. I even tweeted out, I was like, this is going to be fun. Like Just like that Sports Illustrated you know, uh, uh, cover with Dwight and Steve Nash. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be fun. Well, this will really be fun, I think. Um because I think they just play play together really well. And that's what surprised me. And I think LeBron's going to be able to not take a back seat, but like he's not going to have to shoulder the load as much as he has his entire career. You know, He can just let AD just be a monster inside. And as, as long as they can stay healthy, because I think that's the biggest key. Because if you have one of those two go down, they could just turn into a 500 team, you know, and that's not going to get it done. Yeah. Like I said to you before the pod, like I think it's the West finals or bust. If they don't reach the West finals, at least reach the West finals, it's going to be a disappointment, you know, and that's probably the way it's going to be for the rest of LeBron's time in LA. As long as AD resigns and they keep the team intact, you know, Definitely, yeah. I think, um, you know, in terms of expectations of the season, I think it is, it will be interesting this year, but I think for me, next year is interesting. I have said it on a previous episode of, of this pod, but, you know, obviously a lot of the players signed this this offseason are on one-on-one deals where they will most likely be here next year as well. So you've kind of got that, you know, continuity where we've got chance. It's been very rare in the past few years, well, a few years, it's like six or so. We've had a unit that's kind of stuck together for multiple years. So I really hope that, you know, it's at least conference finals this year, pushing for a title. But if we kind of do fall short a little bit this year, I think I think next year could be the one to look at. Could be, yeah. I mean, it, as long as this team looks as good as we think it's going to be. Um, if they are what everybody thinks they are, Next year could be they could be the favorites going in, and they could take it all. Definitely, um, yeah. And I, think, I, and I think they're gonna they're gonna benefit from so much movement in the NBA as well. So many other teams trying to figure it out. You know, Harden and, and Westbrook, um, uh, Kyrie and KD. Even though KD's not gonna play this year, yeah. Steph and uh, D'Angelo without Clay. Um, there's just so much movement. No one really knows who's going to win the title, right? And then the Clippers with 
Kawhi and Paul George. And I think the only team that really kept it together that was a legit title contender was the Bucks, right? They they're the only ones like I know I guarantee you Giannis is gonna be better than last year. That's another one of those guys who yeah. just is not content being, you know, the same as he was last year. Like he wants to improve, improve, improve. That guy gets a shot and consistently hits it. He's gonna be scary. He's already scary. He's gonna be terrifying, right? Um so we'll see, man. It's it's a year of change. And the Lakers could take full advantage of this if they can get some chemistry going um, often and early. And I think what's going to benefit them as well is their schedule is really, really weak. <laughs> like, they're, they're not going to face anybody that's going to scare them for quite some time. I mean, you got Clippers in Utah at the, at the front, but then it's just a stretch of just, like, easy games. I mean, their schedule is super easy. So yeah, definitely. I think um, I'm just quickly bring up the schedule now, as as you said that, because I did a piece on it um, when it first got released. But you know, obviously they start an away game. I say, you know, with um, you know inverted commas, uh, you know, at the Clippers. That's not. I mean, <laughs> I've been to those games, man. That's not an away game. <laughs> that is. Uh, just different colors on the court. That's it. That is the only difference. And some stupid looking mascot running around. <laughs> but then after that, you've got, you know, Utah, Charlotte, Memphis, Dallas, San Antonio, Chicago, Miami, Toronto, Phoenix. You know, it's like the first handful of games. And, you know, you look at them, not really looking into it that much, you know, obviously apart from Utah, who probably will be really good this year. You know, there's mm-hmm. not really anything there that we should worry about. I mean, I think we'll we'll probably drop, you know, one that we're not expecting. You know, a team like Miami can be tricky. You know, no one really knows what they're going to be like now they've got Jimmy Butler, but, you know, they could be really good. And, you know, the, mm-hmm. the road games, um, you know, in amongst the first 10 games, there's that um, three-game road trip to Dallas, San Antonio, Chicago. Probably won't walk away with three wins there. But, you know, there is a really good chance to um, really get out of the blocks quick. And I mean, I'm even looking at the next 10, and they don't even look that bad either, you know, included there. You, get, you can look at the whole, OKC. the whole thing. I mean, I there are there, there are like four-game stretches here and there that are like, oh, that's going to test them. Mm-hmm. But outside of those, I, it's, the, it's the easiest schedule I've seen in years yeah. for this team. And it's just so convenient that they have the best roster they've had in years, right? So it's going to be one of those things where if they don't come out of the gates strong, uh, say like the first 10 games and they 500 or maybe one below 500, Frank Vogel is going to be on that hot seat fast. Yeah. Because he's he's set up here to dominate. Uh, I mean, they should be – by Thanksgiving, they should be the top seed. I mean, that's just the way it should be with those with those with that schedule ahead of them. They they shouldn't be struggling with anybody. Even the Clippers right out the gate. There's no PG. It's just Kawhi and and they're a good team regardless. But they have the Clippers at and it is a disadvantage. Take advantage of that right away, right? Utah could actually be their toughest challenge right out. You know, to start the season. Yeah, but, no, exactly. And then and then Denver will be up there as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but I think, for, you know, for myself, I, I don't think, you know, that top seed is an out-and-out priority, I don't think. I think if we went into the playoffs and we were, like, third seed, you know, maybe four yeah. a push, but, you know, I'd, I'd be more than happy going into the playoffs if we were fully healthy and we kind of ambled our way through the season. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't, I don't think that the top seed is the priority. I just think... Considering the schedule that they have, I think they should be teetering between one, two, and three, maybe the entire season, mm. and then probably probably one and two, maybe, because they're just their schedule is just a cakewalk, unless there's teams that come out of nowhere and they turn out to be good, uh, which doesn't really seem to happen much in the NBA. Usually, it goes chalk, right? It goes the way you think it's going to go most of the time. Um, I think they should be 
at the top of the league, and at, or at least in this discussion, or within striking distance every single week for the whole season. Definitely, yeah. Well, we're coming near the end of the pod now, so one thing I do want to bring up is um, Andre Dala. Um, an article did come out today, actually on Clutch Points was where I actually first saw it. Um, That's a good site. That's a <laughs> yeah, good site yeah, right go there. Go and check that out. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll plug that for you. Um, <laughs> and uh, uh, Woj said, uh, you know, on TV, um, along with his ESPN colleague, Zach Lowe, that is between the Lakers and the Clippers mm-hmm. if a buyout was to occur at Memphis. What are your kind of thoughts there? Do you think that is something that is going to happen? You know, do you think it will happen? Do you think it won't happen? Or? I didn't think it was. I actually, before this, this drop today, I mean, I completely forgot about Iguodala. I was just thinking that they were going to yeah. go forward with the team that they have, and we're content with that fact. But um, if he becomes available, yeah, you got to jump on that like quick. I just thought that the Memphis was going to hold on until they got a trade package that they actually liked in return. Um, but if he does get bought out, I do think the Lakers have the edge just because of Palenka and him being having a good relationship with Iguodala and representing him while he was an agent. And uh, But then again, I mean, <laughs> it's like with the whole Kawhi sweepstakes, everybody thought that Kawhi was going to go to the Lakers. It was a done deal kind of thing. And then surprises is everyone uh and then goes to the clippers um so i don't know if he does i mean talk about a defensive upgrade jeez i mean that's huge yeah yeah. we're we're talking about them and them worries on the perimeter you know he's such a well-rounded player you know even offensively you can contribute in that regard but you know defensively like he would literally alleviate them perimeter defense worries yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, at the very least, he gives you another experienced guy um, that can play both ends and can doesn't need to be a star, right? Like, he'd be the ideal addition to this team moving forward. Um, I'm trying to think what their what the roster is right now, though. I mean. Well, I think with Dwight being on a non-guaranteed deal, I think we're at 14, but obviously it looks like Dwight's going to get that. Well, well, you never know. So They might be like, well, they might weigh that and be like, okay, well, Iggy definitely gives us more than Dwight will. So, But would you yeah. knock off Dwight though? Because obviously the center rotation would look quite thin then, or do you think someone like Troy Daniels would get the, the you know, the, the boot? Like what? What do you think could happen there? Because, you know, it's quite a difficult decision to make. It is difficult, but I think the flexibility of uh, being able to just cut Dwight without any strings um, might be the way they go there. Um, And it all depends because I don't don't have any idea what the feel of the team is right now because I haven't been able to even go to a practice. I only just got back from Colorado uh, a week ago. Right, so I'm gonna to get to my see my first action and this team together on Monday when they play Golden State. Um, yeah, so I have a better feel for it then. But did they did they say a timeline of when they think it's gonna happen where he gets bought out? No, no, I haven't seen a timeline. It's just kind of you know. I mean, I mean, you work in the industry, don't you? Like, I'm not sure if it's kind of just recirculating. Like the rumors, I'm not really too sure what's happened or whether someone well, usually, knows something and you know it's kind of gained a bit of traction. When Woj says something, I mean it's like there's there's smoke there, right? Like legit smoke, right. not not made up crap, you know, that gets circulated. So yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if that's it. I mean, Iguodala must be frustrated as hell because he's like, What I have no intention to play for this team. There's no reason for me to play for Memphis who's going to be battling for a you know a lottery pick next year and just hoping to get a few highlights out of John Morant and uh who's that other kid does it Jalen Jackson Jr is that is it Jaron um, Jackson Jaron Jackson yeah yeah and it's his second year I think yeah so that's it like it's a youth moment there like, he wants no part of that so he wants out as soon as probably before the season starts so 
Yeah. And I guarantee he hasn't played a minute if in their preseason games. He probably hasn't even been in the building. No, I haven't, I haven't so. even been looking, to be honest. Um, I think I saw um, Jarmamant's debut, but it was just player highlights. I didn't even look, to be honest. I didn't even think about, about looking at Iguodala's. You know, if he did feature well, that, that's I, the thing. Yeah, I, I bet he didn't. Yeah, everybody just forgot. Forgot that the whole Iguodala situation is still kind of like floating around, you know, like it's who knows. Because that could like tilt the scales for the Clippers or the Lakers, you know. I say if they get Iggy and the fact that PG, his timetable still not really set, they, they're the best team, yeah. right, immediately. Um, I, th- I, th- I, th- I think but, my reverse is that. I think if he comes to us, I think we would then be the best team. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if, if he goes to whichever team he goes to, I would dub the better team. Yeah, I think he's that he puts that he brings that much, right? Yeah. The championship experience. He's a two way player. I mean, he's not going to blow you away offensively, but and he can hit clutch shot, shots in big moments. Yeah, I mean, he's just he'd be a huge addition for them. Definitely. I mean, I have got some quotes here, actually. And he says um, about Rob Palinka, this is, it says, Rob is my man. Rob is my man. He's always been good to me. My wife loves him. I always tell her like, yo, you think Rob is the greatest human on earth? I'm cool with Rob to this day. <laughs> like, yo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's pretty telling, man. That's pretty telling. Yeah. I mean, that's not like he's saying. That's not like he's saying, "Oh, I'm going there for sure." But it's interesting. That's kind of shows you where he's leaning, yeah. or who he's going to talk to first, at the very least. Exactly. So, I mean, we know what's going to happen. You know, he's going to sign with the Clippers, and we're going to be gutted. Um, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's just stop talking about yeah. it. Let's just stop talking. <laughs> well, we have come to the end of the pod. You know, we I could speak to you like all day um you know it is really a pleasure to to have you on board but i know you're a busy man so i will i will let you go um well next up for the lakers is the brooklyn nets again uh, but this time it's in uh, shenzhen in uh, china the game will take place um mm. tomorrow this podcast will will go out tomorrow uh, it's 12:30 p.m. uk time and 1:30 p.m. in mainland europe um so yeah we'll be uh, keeping an eye out for for that um, I'm not sure Ryan will be. He'll probably be, uh, you know, fast asleep. But yeah, I'll, I'll be keeping an eye out for it. I'll be hungover. Yeah, probably. <laughs> well, I'd like to thank you for coming on the pod, mate. I really do appreciate you taking the time to talk to me. Um, like I said before, you featured in an article uh, on our website back in May. So I really am thankful that you know you take your time out of your schedule to speak to us. Oh, no problem. Anything for a fellow Brit, man. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Well, um, do you want to like just give yourself a bit of a shout out? You know, plug your social media channels. Maybe what what you're working on. You know, this, this is your chance. Yeah, um, you can follow me both on Instagram and Twitter with the same handle at uh, Ryan Ward LA. Um, obviously, go to clutchpoints.com. You can search my name, and mm-hmm. my stuff will come up. Uh, I just interviewed Zach Norvell Jr. Was like two two weeks ago. He had some interesting things to say. Um, And I've got a huge piece I'm working on right now. Like you just heard, I interviewed Derek Fisher. I got off the phone with Josh Powell like 10 minutes before I got on with, with Matt here. Um, So look for that. That probably won't come out until maybe January, but if it works and I'm hoping it works, uh, it should be huge, and like true Laker fans will love it. So there you go. Yeah, no, no, that sounds brilliant. Yeah, I saw the Norvell Junior piece. Um, you know that was great work there, and this big piece that you've got coming out in uh, January. Well, hopefully it does. It does come out. You know, sounds really interesting. So uh, you know, we'll definitely be keeping an eye out for that. Cool, man. Awesome. Um, well. You know where to find um, me on Twitter, uh, to the listeners. Um, yeah, you can find me on Lakers Fan Club UK. Um, also, we our website, www.lakersfanclubuk.com. Uh, you can find the podcast on the Late Late Show podcast, that is, on Spotify, YouTube, Google Podcasts, and Radio Public. 
It will be on more platforms in due course. We are waiting for Apple Podcasts to approve. We've had some progress made in, you know, on that front in, in this past week. So hopefully it shouldn't be too long. Um, but, you know, there are a few free platforms there like YouTube and Radio Public. So you can, you know, go back there for the time being and uh, check out the Late Late Show. Um, be sure to subscribe and follow on your preferred podcast platform as well. And um, yeah, so thanks for listening, guys. And uh, we'll see you next time.